This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, a business of intercessory prayer for businesses. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we have Peter Atherton. He is the president and founder of Now Actions Prove. And Peter, you and I actually met through the podcast, didn't we? Yes, we did. It was really cool. You know, Peter and I have just been kind of messaging and talking. Uh, um, how long has it been now, Peter? Um, it's probably in uh, January 2015, um, but I started listening probably back in 2014 to your podcast. Now, um, I let me share a little background about Peter, right? He's the president and founder of Actions Prove. Um, and what, what you do now is you partner with business and their leaders uh, and your whole focus is just to create this big impact and create significance through corporate social impact. And what we're going to be talking about today is, you know, wh- whether we're running a company, we're part of a company, part of a fan, any organization, uh, you know, which really we define as two or more people with a common purpose, right? How do you have bigger impact? And uh, Peter's really, really become an expert on how to facilitate that um, on the business side of things, right? And so your whole first half of the career, man, I know you were like, you were just super accomplished, professional engineer, 24 years in that community designing and constructing public in- infrastructure. Uh, and then this is when Peter reached out to me. You sold your engineering, the ownership in that firm to focus everything you're doing on serving communities um, and the organizations that they've led. And, and really, you started doing this 12 years ago. This became a parallel thing. And then um, now you've jumped into this full time. Is that correct? Yes, I have. Um, I, the um, Really, what I want to do now with the focus of the new venture is to have an, more of an integrated life, which I think it's really it, it's the yearning of so many people now. Um, I, I was fortunate for the last 25 years to um, have a, had a very accomplished professional career and super excited and, and just blessed by everything that happened. But I'm also been blessed by about a dozen years ago, I started to develop uh, what I call like a, a, a parallel path where I really got involved with um, nonprofit work, some mission work. And I really uh, started to be involved with that. And I noticed that was changing me. And I came to the realization really several years ago that, you know, what attracted me at 25 to my career, engaged me heavily in my career at 35, it just was not enough to fulfill or retain me at 45. And so at the the peak, quote unquote, of my uh, professional career, uh, even being an owner in that practice and and earning a, a very good income, I left to pursue a higher calling. So left to pursue a higher calling so you know i'm guessing there's a lot of people listening right now and you know this is something that that we think about right what is that higher calling how do i find it how do i pursue it i would can you share with us just this journey that you were on that kind of led you to that point where you were willing to actually you know you know change the the course of the ship um yes i'd I'd love to The, the you know i feel like I would categorize myself as a, as a high capacity, high achieving person where that was very important for me in the early part of my life. But it definitely started changing. And, you know, one of the truths that 
you know, it just the success will just never fully satisfy um, started to to ring. And as I started as, um, you know, John, one of the just backtracking very quickly, one of the, the groups that I had come to discover your podcast through was was halftime and they mm-hmm. uh, through the halftime network and talking about the. Uh, the smoldering discontent and um, that halftime process. And I, I just went through that and I knew that there was something there and I knew there was something there in, in my my mission work, my nonprofit work that we were doing. Um, and I had just decided that I wanted to seek the significance. I had reached the, the fork in, in my career where I knew that um, I could take one path and, and it was going to lead me um, in a direction of burnout and regret, or I was going to refresh or, or pivot my career um, and what I wanted to do. And I, and I knew what I had been working on in the nonprofit side, which was very uh, significant. It was significant to my uh, my faith journey. It was significant to uh, my personal realization. Uh, but I, I knew I also had a love for business and, um, and everything business could accomplish. And so I wanted to work to integrate my love of business and my, my love of, of serving others. Well, you know, first of all, halftime, I love the guys at halftime. They've been huge in my journey. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd love to circle back, Peter, and think about how you started viewing success and what did that mean to you? And then, you know, as that evolved, how did you even define what significance was? Well, I remember back in in um, 2010, 2011, uh, with my partners uh, in our engineering firm, we were going through a series of succession and um, uh, strategic planning. And I had had just in my core, I want to be president and CEO in the next transition. And that was that was the peak of my my career, and, and that that's what I wanted to do. And we were going through that process, and I distinctly remember that I was changing. Like there there were there were doors that were open um, to my ambition that were starting to close. There were some you know inexplicable discussions that were really saying, well, maybe I don't want this anymore. Um, and it got to a point where I was, you know, I, and at that point, I was probably five years into my my faith journey and really being involved in our mission work. And I knew enough to to know that I had changed, that this career path was going to be different. Um, and I had actually at that point in 2011 told my partners that in five to 10 years, I'm going to be doing something different. I don't think that they believed me at the time because I was really, um, you know, just I was a striver. And over the next few years, you know, I just on on the side started get heavy personal financial planning to sort of make this work. I was trying to go through the process of explaining to my wife what was happening, um, knowing that there's a major, major personal transformation happening that I wanted to do something more with my life. I felt super blessed. And, and the more I my eyes were open to things and I had an expanded worldview, you know, I was meeting people who. You know, all they what they didn't have was opportunity, and what I had been given was opportunity. And yes, I worked hard, but but people invested in me, and, and there's just millions and millions, if not billions, of people who nobody's investing in. Um, like, what can I do to help do that myself, and then ultimately to leverage, and that's sort of leveraging through corporate social impact. So, time went on, and um, 
you know, I, I was committed, but uh, you know, maybe maybe God didn't think I had the guts to really do it. Um, and in 2014, I had a real transformational moment, and um, you know, it was it was a um, you know sort of a long story short. Uh, we were involved with a um, sort of a, a legal issue. It was a, a civil trial liability case with our with our firm and. You know, long story short, I mean, it really uh, didn't have um, a, a lot of merit. We never considered the fact that we might lose this because it just it really just didn't make sense to us. But there was a moment as the course went forward, it, it did look like, uh, you know, we, we lost. And uh, in that, my the, ma- the majority of my my net worth was was wrapped in the company. They had. Um, so that was a that was a, a shock. My. Um, we were facing possible bankruptcy, so uh, my job was gone. And and through some extreme positioning in the case, um, it they they things were said about me that were just untrue. And so my reputation uh, at that point was was damaged. And so I looked at that and I said, "Whoa, you know, I, I have been sort of following the um, following my my calling, and I was setting things up, and now this was happening. And so, you know, the, the very year that I was ready to trigger my two-year notice, because that was our partnership agreement, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, there was, the plan was disrupted, where I was looking at, you know, the majority of my final financial wealth was, was, was gone. Uh, my job was gone, and my reputation, which so carefully crafted, uh, and it was so much of my identity, was gone. And so, you know what to do, and and I, you know, I distinctly remember one day um, trying to work from home, and I just think I think I had successfully convinced my wife that things would be okay, that um, you know they couldn't take our home, and we had a, another investment that could help pay for our kids, you know, going through school, and we would have a remnant, and we could just begin again. And I remember. You know, she had gone out and done some errands, but I you know, really I, I remember thinking, boy, it's not OK. But I was able to convince my wife that it was OK. And I just distinctly remember just after she had left sitting back in a chair and um, I just remember breaking, you know, emotionally. And I distinctly remember and I had been, you know, I, I my wife and I had become Christians in 2001, um, as we would define it today. And, and I had had a very strong, you know, ascent towards really being a man of faith. And um, so at that time, I had known enough to be able to reach out to God. And I, I distinctly remember in that moment of I felt break, God, I can't take this. Can you help me? And in an instant, I felt this physical and spiritual sensation, a presence. It was this warm feeling. And in an instant, everything had changed, even though nothing had changed. And it was just a, a moment that I never want to forget. I had I'd actually, you know, asked God in a moment of need, and he had he had I, I just filled me. And Peter, I had Peter, that what piece. Kind, you know, in, the, in that moment, what, what kind of change was that? change that happened i i frame it as i know that i know that i know that god is real and that he actually loves me and and it was just such a pivotal moment where i i just said i am going to do this i I, we're going to work through this situation that we're in and you know you know with the blessings of god i mean really what happened was we went through the the rest of this um 
court case and we didn't know it at the time, but months later, I mean, the, the trial um, w- w- was over and, and the case was settled. And, um, you know, some of the injustice that I felt with the things that were said were sort of negated by the fact that people were blogging about this. And, um, you know, a lot was restored. Financially, a lot was restored. Reputationally, a lot was restored. As a firm, we didn't lose any clients. We didn't lose any staff. In fact, people didn't believe it. And so God restored, but there was this period of complete uncertainty and and everything that I had aspired for that at the time I even knew wasn't what I wanted was taken away. And so it's just, I felt, wow, I have nothing to lose now. I don't don't need to have regrets. I I just need to be able to honor God and uh, be able to just say, God is real. And what am I going to do? What? What can I prove now that I know God is real, that I am so grateful that he showed me grace, and I am so um, thankful that he loves me? How can my actions prove that I want to have a significant life? I really want to make an impact um, and help others. And so through that process, you know, I, you know, God had really put on my heart um, previously to serve the majority, what I term the majority and what he put on my heart, and that's just people in this world who are hurting, people who suffer from social injustice, people who have untapped potential, and people who want to grow that haven't been invested in. But then, and, and I was doing a lot of that with our with our nonprofit, Adios Ministries, and, and it's such a blessing to be a part of that, but I'm one person. And over time, God put on my heart to serve the minority. And that, that would be, you know, defined as, you know, successful people who have a growing discontent in their lives maybe feel stuck or maybe feel trapped and and they um, want to be able to have greater meaning and purpose and and have an impact. And so what can I do to help serve that minority? Uh, People, I feel blessed that I recognize this at an early end and early age and I was able to to do something Um, and wouldn't that have an impact and just working through, you know, what is the positioning for this? And and that was what brought me to corporate social impact. Um, I've always believed that business is great. Um, earning profit, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, money is not evil. It's the love of money that's evil. Um, and in successful businesses, they create jobs. They they fuel our government. They fuel our churches. And so, but there's, there's such a power there. But today, it's so consuming. There's so many careers and so many professions where it's all in. There, there's nothing left on the table, particularly for professionals, you know, people in the medical, the financial, business, uh, engineering professions. Finan- it's it's all in and it's all in for 20 years, 25 years before you can perfect your craft. And at that point. And that's what you've you know, been doing when when this all happened. Right. You'd, you'd been all in for that long. Right. And so, I mean, a, a lot of people and professionals and some of the research I've been doing for my book is. You know, people are, are leaving. They, they are moving to an encore career. They're going part time. They're burnt out. And the answer cannot be, oh, go volunteer. There's no time for that. I mean, people not only they have work commitments and professional obligations, but they have family obligations. And so some of the first things to go in, in people's busyness and in, in a high capacity career, a high performance career uh, or, or a business owner who's building the business they, they lose touch with themselves and they lose touch with their community. And, and those are just essential relationships um, for people to have, you know, significance in their lives. They need to build back relationships. And I remember I was at a conference 
uh, probably two years ago, um, or actually this past summer, uh, the, the Global Leadership Summit at, at Willow Creek um, in, uh, in Chicago, it's simulcast around, and, and Travis Bradbury, the uh, emotional intelligence, he presented a slide and just showed that you know, people's emotional intelligence, um, again, this is nothing you're born with. It's, it's, really, it's, it's an understanding of who you are, it's social awareness and how you're managing yourself and other people. It decreases as we, we, um, we climb our corporate ladder, as we're more successful, as we have high positions, because, and it just, I remember seeing that graphic and it just, it made so much sense to me. It takes so much to be successful that we, the first thing to go is a relationship with ourselves. The second thing is relationship with others. Um, at least outside of our immediate family. You know, going back, you know, through, it's interesting, you know, you talked about, you know, as you started journeying in your faith and you felt like, you know, you're you're striving towards success, but this is not, you know, fulfilling you. And that now you're getting prepared. And as you're getting prepared, you go through this incredible storm. And it was in the middle of this storm even though things turned out okay, but it sounded like there was a real mindset shift for you, Peter, that allowed you to kind of almost take the parking brake off, accelerating and moving into significance, into your calling. What, what, you know, as other people are kind of in that space, what advice do you give to, to people to help kind of take that parking brake off, so to speak? Well, for me, it was um, becoming a person of faith. Um, was was huge. I, I know I, I knew through my um, my feelings that success wasn't I wasn't going to peak at success um, through the trial through my my moment when I met God I think for the first time I knew God was in this so I was I was turning to God and and I so but. And so I reached out to God and, and I was able to to be able to to be fed that way. And it was it was such a blessing. So there there's these series of, you know, that I had I, mentioned that my wife went out and did some errands that afternoon. She came back and said, oh, I, I had a friend who texted me something to read to you. And it was, you know, Psalm 40, 43, one, declare me innocent. Oh, God, defend me from defend me from these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust lives. And again, I was feeling persecuted and everything had gone, but there was this, you know, God defending me. Um, we, uh, this wonderful, you know, woman, woman of God, Helen, who's the um, Child Refuge Center director in, in Nicaragua where we serve. Um, she had sent me, you know, Bible passages, uh, very powerful. And it, you know, it just, it spoke to me of the moment. There were people who I hadn't spoken to in two years that would send that that I got an email one morning at at two a.m. that was you know God put this on my heart to share it with you and it was something that was about to unfold two days later that now I was prepared for and I so I began that was a journey I probably really became a Christian with a capital C in two thousand fourteen hmm. I actually I'm embarrassed to say it. I actually spent the time to read the word. I, I, I and and I grew and and I you know it sort of amazes me today. I was just talking with a friend this weekend. My best thinking, quote unquote, my best thinking, happens almost in direct proportion to when I read the Bible, and and so I just found so much, and that's the way I feel like God has been leading me, and and to the point where when I decided to. Um, finally resign from the board of directors I was on for 13 years and, and sell the rest of my stock. 
you know, I, that day's, you know, uh, prayer that comes through uh, my, or the verse that comes through my phone was, you know, Ephesians 4.1. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. I mean, that, that's the day I said, I'm putting in my resignation. And the first time. Did you make that decision by, before or after you got that verse, Peter? Before. Wow. And it, and there was the, the, there's literally a half a dozen times, John, where I have done something and then I just got confirmation. You know, the, the, my, my last day of full time employment, uh, the day I launched Actions Prove. And it's just so so my I mean, I am just so thankful that people invested in me to to share God with me and that I was receptive. I, I, it wasn't during my super busy time where I was all that um and and i didn't need god uh, god god caught me at times of vulnerability and you know one of those times was back in 2005 my my very first mission trip to nicaragua and um you know i, I went and i it might have been not for the i mean i was drawn I, as i mentioned my wife and i became christians in 2001 i never even heard of a mission trip but for some reason i was drawn to a group that was going to nicaragua and it was this volcanic island and, a, and an orphanage, and I just said, you know what, I, I, I'm drawn to that, but but I, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I, I acknowledge that now. I, I kind of need to break, <laughs> and um, and I went and I had a tremendous time. It, it's like it's like I just want to give me a hammer and just I don't want to be the boss anymore. I was like, for eight, the next eight days, there was no real cell phone coverage. We had a satellite phone where it was like two dollars a minute. So it was really I was like for the first time I left Miami and said all right call you in eight days you know to my wife um and i just my mindset was i just give me a hammer i don't want i don't want someone asking me for anything i don't want to be the boss i i don't want to be responsible gives me a hammer and just let me work for eight days i need a break and we get there and um so from a work perspective it was you know well we need you to kind of work with this other person and you two lead replacing a roof on this other child refuge center with you know all these abused children and and we had to figure a lot of stuff out now you know we had a number of you know great high school students but i was sort of the boss again and so it was like the irony of god saying no we're not really not going to have you that um you see that as god pulling you back into your gifting even in that uh, situation it, it was pulling me, you know what, it is. And it's interesting because over the, the course of the last few years in particular, I, I've had this um, sort of the, the irony of the way uh, the kingdom works. I, I have these skills and talents, uh, became an engineer, um, and, you know, I, I was pretty good. You know, I designed, you know, treatment, water treatment plants. And, you know, that, that was my that was my game, these sophisticated process systems and and they have to work every day 24 hours a day and so i had these skills and talents problem solving and and i loved it and when i was going through you know my i guess transformation in 2014 i i went through spiritual gifting and i did it three times because i was so upset with the results and because the results had nothing to do with my skills and talents and i'm like well what did that's all been a waste like what <laughs> and so it was you know teaching and encouragement was my and i was like well i didn't become a salesperson i, I was an engineer because i'm just not inclined to be in front of people although right now it's like so but i love speaking now and i love encouraging teams and you know i used to um I, our, the teams that we lead and we you know we have 
two to three service teams a year that we bring to Nicaragua to work on, you know, some of our, our farm projects and different things. And I, I love that leadership component now. And, and so it was just, it, it was the irony of being close to God and, I, and, and, and just learning at what he's saying. You know, I remember distinctly at the end of that 2005 trip, and I was talking to a, a great friend of mine, and we helped lead our nonprofit together. It was his first trip, too. And I remember, this was great. I'm glad I did it, but I will never do this again. And, <laughs> you know, it, 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 interestingly, last month was my 26th trip in 10 years to Nicaragua. So, you know, it's just, it, it's it's interesting to just stay with, you know, uh, to, to, I feel blessed that I was, um, fortunate enough to align with God to kind of see how things roll out. And, and I'm, I'm super excited to see how things roll out because I, I don't have anything to lose now. I mean, the, the world has already taken away. Now, I mean, I, as I mentioned, it was restored, but I didn't know it at the time. Like everything that I had worked for, yeah, my rep, you know, someone can can lie about me and there's, there's no real justice for that. Um, people can take away my money. They can take away everything. Um, but but God was God was the one that was there in that moment. So I, I'm just excited for what God has planned, and and I'm you know thankful that I feel like He's leading me to to really be uh, in the business world and to be able to leverage that you know to to serve others because I I love what you're doing, I love um, what you know Willow Creek is doing with the Global Leadership Summit where there's is a mixture of you know there's ministry at work, and and it's it's, it's serving people whether they're of faith or not. Um, but if leaders are of faith, they can serve without judgment and just, you know, love their neighbors like themselves. I mean, my, if any employees, you just serve and that and that will ultimately everybody wins. And so I, I love the, the, the nexus of, of, of business and service work. And I think ultimately the public wants to see that the clients want to see that your high capacity employees want to see that and ultimately the leaders themselves. You know, Boy, when, you've when, talked a lot about you know corporate social impact. What what is that? How do you do, how do you how do I well it's it's really it's being responsive to the way business has changed um, and and really the world has changed. I mean the world has changed so much since you know the 1980s. I mean people don't um, have a job anymore, and I think we've advanced beyond careers. And, you know, because now we want to be able to work in something that gives us purpose. You know, the, the millennials seem to get this. And it's interesting, you know, looking through, we, we have cycles of life. Um, we have a, a work season and, and a life season. And so, you know, even just by charting my own and, and people who I have that I will just determine, you know, they're, they're business owners, they're high capacity people working in professions. You know, there's the sort of four work seasons. There's the, the the season of making a name, and that could be you know your first several years on the job. And then there's this period of making a mark. You know, you're an early leader. You can kind of move up to be a partner. And then some in the middle decades of life, maybe in the 40s, in your 40s, there's this switch to with enough. I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care of my family. Financially, we're going on vacations, you know, for the people who have had been fortunate to be successful, there comes that this is where the discontent comes in. And that now that they're switching to a, a work season of wanting to make a difference, they can become practice leaders, they can move into some executive positions. And ultimately, the fourth season might be leaving a legacy. And that, that could be, you know, later on in people's careers. So you have this, these seasons and um, between making a mark and making a difference, there's that 
sort of halftime period where, to me, there's, there's either a halftime transformation or a midlife crisis. And, and it's all about awareness and, and, and how people are um, are dealing with that. But at, at the same time, there's, you know, your life season where, you know, people who are, are blessed and fortunate to have a family, there's some busy family years, too. And, you know, then there's the, you know, the running around to, to soccer tournaments and hockey games and, and all of that school plays. And then the, the kids get into college and there's that financial. But sort of as the kids are in college and as the empty nesting is happening, a lot of people are at the they're transitioning also from making a market work to making a difference. And so there is this this potential now where a lot of the mid-career successful professionals and business owners are looking for something more. The, the, the season has arrived. So to, to the, this day, this day, this day and age, the boomers, the Xers and the millennials all want the same things because of the boomers and the extras are a certain season in life where they're looking to make a difference and they probably have more time on their hands just because their family season may be you know, coming to a close or at least the busy part of the family season. They're right in line with the millennials. So the big, you know, that's in a the really interesting circles, point. There are, there are some real great convergence points in the generations around that, isn't there? And they want that. The, I want to be successful and I want to make a difference. And I don't, I want an integrated life. I, I don't I don't want a work life and I don't want a, a private life. I, I, I want it all integrated. And and really and that's the, was sort of one of my epiphanies where, you know, doing a lot of research when I was, you know, one of the, the partners in the company, like, what are we gonna do with the millennials? I'm like, I really I kind of resonate with them. And I was like working through like, why do I resonate with them? Because I'm at that season and I I feel again super fortunate that I was able to really have an accelerated path to success. And be able to, you know, help frame this up in my early 40s so that not too much time has passed. And and so, like, as I started thinking, like, everything they want, I kind of want right now. So, I'm, you know, as people are like, I can't believe these people. I'm like, actually, I want the same thing. And so, and then kind of working through the work seasons and the family seasons, um, we, we want the same thing. So, as, as a business, so the, a lot of these practices, medical practices, engineering practices, businesses – they're losing people in the second half of their career. They're working through this halftime period and it's an encore career. It's part-time, I'm doing something different. I Or they're completely disengaged, like I don't wanna do this anymore. But there's golden handcuffs. So yeah, Well, and I'd also say a lot of companies are losing the millennials where they're not connected at, at their in their organization to something of meaning or purpose also. Right, or and that's even if they're able to attract them in the first place. So to me, it's like corporate social impact, to answer your question, is if you create the conditions, allow people to be successful at work, to grow, to develop, and to make a real impact in their communities and for others, it's, it's a win-win-win because it's a win because you're actually going to retain or be in a better position to retain your boomers and your Xers who might be looking to exit, whether you know it or not, and you're going to be able to attract not only the millennials who want to have success and significance and want it now, which, again, you could say, well, they don't know what they're talking about, but that's what I want. Um, and then, you know, but you also can attract more high you know, capacity people to your firm because they might jump ships and come to your firm because you're really making a difference. So and if you're making a difference and really serving others, it's a win for the communities. 
because you really you can partner with nonprofits. You can leverage the skills, talents, assets, and gifts of your firm aligned with your mission and vision and values. And so it really creates this win-win. And it, it's all about creating the conditions for corporate social impact because that's what they want. And I, I, I get into this, this sort of lost mandate of leadership and the role of a leader and the consequences of poor and uninformed leadership. And, you know, I'm a business person. I was on the board. I own stock. I understand the roles of, of a board of directors. we got to maximize shareholder value. But you know what? The ultimate shareholder value is in your people, particularly for professional services and, and, and a lot of businesses. And if you're not doing things that fulfill, not just engage. I, I think we, we stop short of engagement. You know, this, this is a missing link. People don't want engagement anymore. They want fulfillment, you know, and and so and there's a major cost if we don't fulfill. And to me, it's like it's just good business to really look at um, what it is our employees are looking for today. And to me, that's corporate social impact starts. It, it's with people, but it starts with your employees and your employees will make the business and your employees want to be able to do more than just help make profits. I, well, I, 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 that is so well said. I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, share, you know, we have just a few minutes left. I've, I'd love for you to share a little bit how that led you into what you're doing now with Actions Prove and, and kind of how you're putting everything that you're sharing into, you know, in, into, you know, turning it into reality right now. Right. Uh, well, thank you for that. I'm, I'm doing a lot of speaking um, as I'm as I'm really getting ramped up. I've written a, a couple of articles that are on my website and they're really there. Um, I'm expanding on those. I'm, I'm writing a book to really outline. And what's your you website, know, Peter? Process. It's www.actionsprove.com. And so I'm in the process now of the book and also in the process of um, developing some, you know, series of courses, you know, on steps to attaining personal significance, um, defining corporate social impact that enriches your internal and external brand, um, a course on serving well principles and practice that actually result in impact. Because if, if you, and this, this has been researched through our nonprofit work, and uh, we've been able to do some really, you know, that's blessed us with some great opportunities. Um, if you're going to do something, do it well and really have an impact. And then, you know, a, series, a course on, you know, measuring the return on your individual impact investment, your sort of your ROI. But um, really just kind of the book in this process would be working through understanding what, you know, success is for high capacity people and business owners. Um, how to, you know, go beyond success into the realm of personal significance and talking about the integration of life and purpose, uh, life and purpose and profits, um, how businesses that focus on retention over just attraction, really, that's that's the that creates that culture that will allow you to also attract. Um, and it has more of a bottom line impact to retain your high capacity talent talks about the forgotten mandate of leadership and uh, what corporate social impact can be and then making your impact. So I, I'm, I'm excited to roll this out. I, I've been excited about the, um, the feedback as I've been speaking, and I'm just excited for what happens because almost universally, people are just feeling the pressure of life and they want to be able to have some impact. And um, the fact that you know, I, I feel blessed to be able to, to see that and feel it and have experienced in myself that I just I just hope that I, I can be a benefit to people, 
you know, to just share my story. And if people feel stuck or trapped, I mean, they, they could talk, I think you do wonderful work coaching I me. Mean, they can speak to you. If there's a business that wants to leverage that um, for higher impact, I, I love the idea of corporate social impact. And um, so I'm just excited to be to be in that space. And it's just get, I, I just I see it as um, a huge opportunity. I do, too. Now, how, how do people reach out and get in touch with you personally? Is the website the best way? The website is a great way. You could send me an email at info at actionsprove.com, um, a general email box, and um, I will respond to, to that if people uh, want to reach out to me. And uh, I, we, could, we could go from there. I'd awesome. be excited about that. So info at actionsprove.com or actionsprove.com. Go to the website and... Uh, thank you for sharing this because, you know, what What I love about this is, you know, you really, you know, you took that time and you just connected to, you know, who you are, your faith. Um, you surrounded yourself with others to help you work through this. I know you've done that. Um, but then, you know, but the thing that I love about you, Peter, is you kept taking those small steps forward. You kept taking those small steps forward in faith. And um, I just... Uh, I just have this vision someday that, you know, when we get to heaven, God shows us all the lives that we touched and impacted. And and I think for for you and what you're doing through Actions Prove and in Nicaragua and the speaking you're doing, it's going to be a huge circle. Um, just many, many, many layers in there. So God bless you, my friend. Keep up the great work. And, and everybody listening, as you're, as you're just hearing about what Peter shared, his journey, what he's doing right now. I just really encourage you to get in touch, plug in, uh, because, you know, a lot of these things that we sit there, we daydream, we think about, um, you know, there's people out there that are, you know, leading the way like you are, Peter, and I, I appreciate you for doing that. And you know what? Um, there is a path forward into moving from success to significance, isn't there? Uh, there really is. And uh, John, before we close, I, I just want to be able to say again, just how much a blessing that that you are and what you and Steve do in this podcast and and um, the, the halftime group and all your guests that have come. It is, I have countless treadmill workouts, driving in the car, where I am just blessed. And again, from for several years, John, I mean, I was a huge fan of yours and you didn't even know who I was. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just, I, I appreciate people sharing their stories uh, because it is, it's, it's such encouragement Again, before I knew exactly what I was going to be doing, I was being encouraged by you and being encouraged by your guests. And so I will forever be be thankful and blessed for that. Well, thank you, Peter. And everybody, plug into Peter. He's awesome. Uh, he's become a great friend. And I sure appreciate your time and, and what you're doing, my friend. Thank you. All thank right. you for having me. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. Just earlier this year, Vicki told me while she was praying, she heard from me, to water the seeds. I knew exactly what it meant and got some business out of it. Another time she was praying and accurately described one of our dogs who turned out needed medical attention. John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them 
are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes 4 and 66, marketplacerock.com. For John Remstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Eternal Leadership.